Welcome to Pastor Bill's Classroom. We are in our study of the Book of Romans, Lesson 3, entitled, Jesus the Only Savior. Hello, welcome back to our midweek study. We're in, have began a study, we're in the third one now, of the Book of Romans, and very excited about this study. Romans is such a classic, uh, such a critical, foundational book. Uh, for our understanding of uh, really the entire Bible, but in particular the ministry of Christ and the role of the church and the purpose of salvation and the need that is caused by our sin. And it's just not that you don't find the same theology in any other book, but this one just is so um, didactic, if I could say that word. Such a good level of teaching. It's just so, so good. So I'm excited about this book. I'm excited about the things we're already learning and going to learn. So let's pray together, uh, find your way to the chapter uh, 1 of Romans, and we're going to get after here in just a second. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you have uh, inspired this word, you've inspired this particular book. Uh, no, no extra credit to Paul other than he's a surrendered saint who allowed you to use him, and, but actually these are not his words, these are your words. And so we're trusting that and trusting God that you're going to lead us, that you're going to enrich us, and we're looking forward to uh, that process, God, and we're Submitting ourselves to it, we're asking God that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher today, as always. Thank you, God. Uh, bless those who learn and who hear and who apply, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, we'll just, by way of review, kind of back up for a second. We're going to be in verses 3 and 4, but by way of review, we're just, we're just going to be down through verse 4 so far, and so we're making very little headway, although making tons of progress. So here's... Uh, Paul, Paul introducing himself to a church that's never met him before. He says, Paul, or I, Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus. And we've talked about that. So, so uh, the first thing Paul says is, the first thing you need to know about me is I belong to someone else. That's what it means. That's the Christian life. Christian life is not, I do what I want to, and I ask Jesus to come along when I need help. I ask Jesus to come in and fill in the blanks that I have, otherwise I'm good. I, I use Jesus like a spare tire. That is not the Christian life. That is not Christianity. Now, you may be a Christian, but you're not living Christian life. If that's your perspective. Christian life is a bondservant. Have you checked in with your master today? It's a question to you. I've checked in. It's not my life. It's not my money. It's not my time. It's not my opportunities. It's not my uh, giftedness. None of these things are mine. They're actually his on loan to me. But I've got to go back and check with him because I'm the bond slave here. I'm the servant. Jesus doesn't serve you. You serve him. Have you checked with your master today? Maybe you should stop right now this little recording and do that. Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. And here's the part we're going to focus on. Two, two characteristics. This gospel concerning his son, number one characteristic, born of a descendant of David, according to the flesh, declared, or who was declared, the son of God. Totally different category. Yeah, born, everybody is. Son of God, none but one is. Declared the son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness Jesus Christ, our Lord. We've already said enough or read enough uh, to, to occupy enough time for us today, and we need to focus on these particular attributes. How, how do we know? How do you, maybe I should say, I know, but do you? 
how do you know that Jesus is the only way? That he's the only Savior? Other than being told that he is. How, how do you know that he is? I mean, can you tell me why, other than Pastor Bill told you or some other teacher? Or it's just what I believe. That's, I, I would say that's not good enough. How do you know that only Jesus could save it? Could it be possible that someone else is qualified to make us right with God? That's the issue. We've got to be made right with God. Who can do that? Could, could it, could it, is it only Jesus, or could it be someone else? And, of course, these are kind of questions that you get that, are, that come up and are pursued, actually, by false religions uh, that try to answer with some other name other than that of Jesus. And there have been many so-called saviors, messiahs, teachers, all claiming to be or claiming the fact that there are other ways that they would seem uh, uh, to want to imply. Uh, but could it be true? Could, could they save us? We have to be saved. We have to be made right with God. Is it possible to be made right with God in any other way, through any other fashion? Could someone else besides Jesus die and take your place, my place? Again, you need to know the answer to these questions, and I hope you do, but I hope the question, answer to these questions is more than, I know what it is, and that's just my answer. You actually can explain yourself from the Scriptures and from correct theology. So, so let's pursue these answers, and the answer to these questions are going to be come to us through these two words, these two descriptives that we're given here in verses 2 and 3 of the person of Christ. Two words to understand uh, that, that give us the real Jesus. There's a lot of Jesus out there. A lot of supposed saviors and messiahs. But if we're going to know the real Jesus, we're going to have to know what the Holy Spirit teaches us about him. A lot of spirits teaching about a lot of Jesuses, but they're not qualified to save. And we need to know why. Why is Jesus alone the Savior? Why is he alone the only one that can die and pay for our sins? And the two words that we're going to be focusing on are the, the two descriptors, born, born and declared. Born and declared. These are two different things. One, he was born, yes, so is everybody else that comes into this world. There's not another way to get here. Declared the Son of God, that's a unique thing. That's a totally different thing. It's talking about, one is talking about his humanity, the other one's talking about his deity. We have similar words in other places, places like, like this one, these uh, kind of setting, uh, setting us in two different directions. For unto us, here's this classic one we read every Christmas, a child is born, unto us a son, that's talking about a full-grown person, not a child, is given. So you can't, I, either I'm Either you're, giving me some, either you're giving me somebody or somebody is born. So it's, it's in, and in particular, of course, a child is born when? In time. But this son that is given is not talking about time. It's talking about eternity. So how could it be both? How could he both be born and before there ever was anybody to be born to already be given to us? Only one explanation for that. Jesus is both God and Man, these fall into the same lines. Born is natural. Uh, declared or given is supernatural, as we see here in Romans, this uh, declared. Uh, all are born. And so there's no other way to get into this planet other than 
uh, being born. But uh, only one is given. Only one is declared the Son of God. I mean, if, if, if saviors are only born, well, then there's a bunch of those. But only one can be given. Only one can be declared by the resurrection of the dead through the spirit of holiness. The uniqueness of Jesus is just that, yes. He is like all the rest of us. He is born. But unlike all the rest of us, he has been declared and he has been given to us. Important words. Important to discern these words. Born, again, speaks of his humanity. Given and declared speaks of his divinity. No other person is like him. He is fully human and fully divine. Why can only Jesus save us for those reasons right there? Fully human, everybody's that. But at the same time, fully divine, nobody else. Nobody else. Jesus is God, but not just God. He is also human. Jesus is human, but not just human. He is also God. Critical that we grasp this. And the examples of this, these two natures, if you will, of Christ are all over the place in both Old and New Testament. One of the places that I'm going to get you to turn to, because we could just read a bunch of them, but here's, I think, I think for me, a good example. Mark chapter 4. You can leave your Romans, because we're going to focus just on what this has to say, and then uh, what we've already gained from, from Romans. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, the, the incident where Jesus calms the storm. Let's, let's, let's read that together. Mark chapter 4, verses 31, 35, I'm sorry, through 41. It says, On that day at evening, as evening had come, he said to them, so he's been ministering all day, evening come, he said to them, let's go over to the other side, that is, the other side of the Sea Galilee. Leaving the multitude, they took him along with them, and just as he was, just he just got in the boat, and the other boats were with him, and there arose a fierce gale wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. So it's getting water, and things are terrible, and he himself was in the stern asleep on a cushion. Hmm. And when they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And being aroused, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. Actually, the Greek says it instantly stopped. The wind and the waves. See, I don't know if you've ever been, well, you have. Surely you've seen the way water works. So if, if, you, if you throw a rock into a pond, the, there's no more splash because the rock only goes in one time, but the waves last for a long time. So the same is true with wind. So if I, if I drop the wind, here we live in on the coast, if I drop the wind from, let's say, 40 miles an hour down to zero miles an hour, it's going to be three days before that Gulf of Mexico stops rocking or more. You're not going to get a calm sea instantly. This says that it was instant. It, it, the whole sea stopped the wind stops, okay, but the water stops? Wow. He said to them, why are you so timid? How is it that you have no faith? Don't you know who I am? Effectively asking them, and they asked that question. They became very much afraid and said to one another, who then is this 
<laughs> wow, finally, finally you thick-headed people are getting it. That even the wind and the sea obey, they've seen many miracles, but this is beyond anything they've seen. Who then is this? Well, to answer the question in short, unlike anyone who has ever been or ever will be, 100% human and 100%. How does 200% fit in a person? Only God can do that. The person of God's Son, Jesus Christ, 100% human, 100% God. So, so, so the story is just a, a lead-in. We've already read it, but the lead-in to what happened there, Jesus had a long day. He did. I mean, he's dealing with a family. Some of his family show up at the house where he's staying, and they, they come in to get him as if he's kind of lost his mind because they think he has. He's had to deal with the heartache of that, and then, then he's, he's had to speak to the people only in parables from this point on uh, after, after, after this because the people won't listen just to straight talk. They just won't hear him. And, and so he, in judgment, he begins to speak to them in these stories that they can't uh, understand. Uh, he, the same day, he's pronounced woes upon numerous cities for their unwillingness to accept him and his message. And, and uh, he's just had a long day. So you can understand as a human that when they get on the boat and push off a little bit from the shore, he lays down and he is out like a light. Now, because he's human. It reminds me of uh, an incident that took place in our lives when we were younger and our kids were younger and, and our middle child, she was about two and a half or three years old, and we were floating down a river here in Texas. We were in a canoe, and a uh, little hindsight would say we probably weren't too wise in doing this, but everything turned out fine. But nonetheless, we spent the whole day in the sun and floating down this river and having to drag the canoe around rapids and different things. And, and the kids just swam and we fished and we played. And, and like I said, all the water and all the sun and all that. And uh, we were paddling for a while, my wife and I, and the kids were just kind of calm in the boat. And when I looked down, I noticed our, our middle child was, there was about six or seven inches of water in the bottom of the boat. And uh, she had her life jacket on. And she's laying there on her back like this in the water in the boat sound asleep. She's just out. And I can understand it. She's, she's a little human being. We've worn her out. She's swam. She's played. She's fished. She's adventured. We've uh, done her in. And uh, that's kind of what you have here with Jesus. Jesus is exhausted. He's done. Uh, seems uh, very human so far until they wake him in the middle of the storm and he stops the waves and the wind instantly. He looks very human. He acts like a human. He does everything you would expect a human to do. And then he turns around and does something that only God can do. And so, of course, the perfect question here, I'll put it on the board for you. Uh, Mark 4. Who then is this? That even the wind and the seas obey. And it's such a critical question, the most important question maybe in the whole Bible. Who then is Jesus? Why, back to our original question, isn't there some other way that we can be saved? Isn't there someone else who could die and take our place? Isn't there some other way to be made right with God? The answer, very simple answer, is no. And, and the reason for that answer is contained in the other question that's on the board there for you. Who then is this? Well, he's unlike anyone else. He he, he sleeps and then still storms. He cries and then raises the dead. He's both 100% God and 100% human. No one else like him. Uniquely 
qualified to save us. That is who Jesus is. No one else. There is no one else. So can anyone else pay for our sins? The simple answer is no. Our, our problem is too complex. Had there been a simple answer, God would have given that answer. But the answer is not simple. Because our problem isn't simple. Here, here's our problem, very clearly, short, shortly stated. Ezekiel 18, 20, the person who sins will die. He's not talking about physical death. He's talking about eternal death. Going to a place of eternally dying. So death is a one and done thing, right? I die, it's over. Physical death. But spiritual death, not like that. It's a constant death. Constantly dying. Constantly passing away, but never fully passing away. Eternally doing that. That's the consequences. That's what's happening. All who sin will die. And that's all of us. For all of sin, it says in Romans 3.23, and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages, there it is again, of sin is death. That's our problem. That's our problem. We're sinners, and we deserve not just physical death, more importantly, spiritual death. The death that we owe is an eternally dying one in a place called hell. So, so it's not just a physical problem, it's an eternal problem. We have committed rebellion against the eternal one and broken his eternal laws. Who pays for that? Who, who, who alone can, who can take care of that? Not just anybody. And it's not just one of us, countless humans, all of us are in debt the same way. So it's not like I could pay for your debts or you could pay for my debts or if one of us are better off. No, we're all in debt. I can't take care of my own debts, neither can you. So we can't help each other in this. The debt, the debt for countless number of sins and sinners has to be paid, but by who? Only one man can die. I should say only, only man can die, but only God can save. So what's the solution? God becomes one of us. That's the solution. So that he can die and take her place. If, if he isn't fully man, Jesus, then he can't fully die. And we're in our sins forever, paying for them. And if he isn't fully God, well, then he cannot save. And again, we are in our sins forever. He can't save us. If he isn't fully both of those things, the unique solution for our condition is Jesus, fully God and fully man. If he isn't fully both of those things, we cannot be saved. We cannot. Angels cannot pay for our sins. Angels are righteous. So the righteous one needs to take my place. Yeah, but he's not human. Angels aren't. And he's not God. And humans, human is, you know, one for one. So I got a righteous human, if there was ever such a thing, taking the place of another human, but he can only die for one of them. What about the rest of the countless number of sinners and sins? What happens to them? They just off in hell? One person goes to heaven? So, so there's a, there is only one solution for our sin. Therefore, Jesus is the unique Savior. He is the unique Savior. Humans couldn't do it. Uh, you owe an impossible large debt at the bank, let's say. And I come along and say, because I'm just so magnanimous, <laughs> that I'm going to pay for your debt. And you're so excited. Pastor Bill has come through. He's going to take care of us. And then you find out that I'm just as in debt, maybe more so than you are. How good is my offer? It's a little naive at the most. 
and maybe misleading at the best, at the worst, uh, because I cannot pay your debts for the same reason that I'm in debt, just like you are. The value, listen, of a promise is dependent upon the position and the worth of the one making the promise. All these false religions, they all make promises. And it's always about eternal life. It's not a problem living, it's a problem dying, right? That's eternity. What happens next? Where do we go? How do we get to the good place as opposed to the bad place? These are questions that are answered by every religion. Every religion makes, and, and most false Jesuses promise salvation. Follow us, follow our way, believe in us, and we will lead you into the promises of all eternity and eternal life and all that. But here's the thing. They all promise salvation, but a promise is only good as the one who makes it. You've got a lot of promise makers out there. Buddha, Muhammad, Jim Jones, Joseph Smith. What are they? Sinners. They're in debt just like you. Even if they meant it with all their heart, it doesn't change anything. I mean it with all my heart that I want to pay for your debt. Mm, That doesn't pay a cent. Sincerity doesn't pay for anything. They can't pay for your sins. They can't do it because, because they're not qualified. There is only one uniquely qualified. His name is Jesus. Here's Peter's uh, sermon, illustration, words. He says, there is salvation in no one else. Jesus is unique, both fully God and fully man. If he's not fully man, he cannot die for your sins. If he's fully God, not fully God, he cannot save you. No one else is their salvation, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among, uh, among mankind by which we must be saved. There is not another person. How do we know? How do we know? Do you know that there is no one else? Yes, you do know that. Can you tell me why? Because there's no one else qualified. The unique sailor, only one makes a legitimate offer, only one qualifies for the position of Savior. And his name is Jesus. He's the Son of God. Came once is coming again, offers salvation, offers forgiveness of sins to make us right with God. But we had to put our hand in his, right? Jesus makes an offer that can be refused. And that's the function of eternity. What's going to be? What's the dividing line of eternity? Jesus is, and the offer that he makes, and our acceptance or rejection of that. The unique Son of God, Jesus Christ. Born at the end of David, yep, came to this world just like the rest of us, but he was given way before that. He was declared the Son of God, and it was demonstrated in time through his resurrection of the dead, through the spirit of holiness, as it says there, Jesus Christ our Savior. Let's pray together. God, I thank you that your Son, uniquely qualified, has become our Savior, has hung himself on the cross, died like a human, like a human would, but unlike any human, raised himself up from the dead to prove that he is the Savior, to prove that he can pay and has paid for all of our sins. Thank you, Jesus, for being that unique Savior. We trust you today. I pray for anyone listening that hasn't made that decision, hasn't had that encounter in which they've placed their faith in you, that they would do that today. They would hear your voice speaking to them. There is no other way for salvation. 
There's no other name given under heaven to men by which we must be saved. They must be saved. They can't save themselves. Help them to hear your words, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for visiting. Find us at www.islandbaptistchurch.org.